You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yep. Welcome back to Talking Nicks. Huge week. Win of the century. We beat up on our arch nemesis, Chris Stapps Porzingis. Biggest win. Knicks are making a push for the playoffs. Currently, as we're recording, they are getting shellacked by Cleveland uh, in the garden. So you'll, you'll get some live reactions on that. That should be a good time. I am joined by the king of swing, Greg Poon, the big baby himself, big baby David. We're going to talk Frank. We're going to talk about that big win over Dallas and some of the sad stuff we're doing right now against Cleveland. But for now, let's talk Knicks. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. Exciting stuff. Huge win. What might be remembered as the win of the season, and that's true and sad. At the same time, uh, the fun game against Dallas. We're like I said on the intro. Uh, we got we got some Knicks news this week. Oh God, who is who is that that just had that bad alley oop? How do you say that guy's name? Osman. Jetty Osman just just had like a alley oop with your friends in middle school. He can't dunk it. <laughs> um, so that's tough, but uh, yeah, I was I got pretty excited for this episode, guys. I thought for sure we'd be going two game win streak. We're making the playoffs. Like, what what's the Kevin Love trade that's going to put us over the top right now? That doesn't look like it's happening, unless you can tell me otherwise. Greg Poon, Greggy P, how you doing, brother? I'm all right. I mean, the the Mavs win was good, but the Knicks are losing by thirty to a three and five Cavaliers team at home. So. Now yeah. I'm, I'm just questioning everything that happened throughout the whole week. Not even about the Knicks, just my whole life. One of the teams we like thought we were better than, and now we're much worse than them. Instead, that could be gone. Uh, how was how was your weekend? It was good. I went to my uh, nephew's first birthday party. He was nice. He was hammered. That's ooh. Okay. <laughs> no, he he wasn't. That's a it's a joke. That's good. Well, the milk and stuff, that's pretty cool. Good. What was the highlight of the party? Uh, they had one of those, like, parachute things you get in, like, gym class in elementary school. Oh, wow. They, they, they put the baby in the middle, and they were doing And he was happy. I don't know. What? I tried to. I tried to go in the middle, and people were less happy. Under the parachute or on the no, parachute? No, no, on it. So they were just doing, like, waves at him. Oh, okay. A bunch, bunch of balloons Jeez. in the middle. A little bit. Yeah. I remember that was that was one of my like first growing up moments because we did that like all the time in elementary school. That was like an elementary school gym class thing, and then you go to middle school and it's like, oh wait, we don't just <laughs> wave this tarp at people. That's not working out. Yeah. Um. So wow. All right, we're already getting some big life stuff up there. Speaking of big, the big baby BBD, big baby David. How are you doing, my man? 
Uh, I'm well. I had to work on Sunday, so that wasn't good. But uh, was in Baltimore all weekend. Um, gotta say, I can't get the image out of my head of everyone just kind of like having the baby on the parachute and like yeah. flinging them straight up. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was what came to my head when you mentioned the parachute. Yeah, that's what so happened. I thought it was a that's, joke at first. That's what I described, that's, and that's what happened. No, it was it was a bunch of little kids doing the waving, so they weren't oh, strong enough to like that oh, helps to like a little bunch of fling little him weak up kids that yeah kick their butts yeah okay. yeah ex- exactly I have to admit, Greg, when you did say that everyone pictured you tossing the one year old and's like yo that's kind of not cool man <laughs> um, yeah it makes sense no he was on the ground and those little kids like doing waves yeah yeah yeah. Okay, cool. How old do babies have to be when you're allowed to start shaking them? <laughs> are we are we talking about the tarp or the baby? Either way, speaking of shaking things up, let's talk some Knicks. Um, guys, kind of a whirlwind of a week. Um, I'll, I want to hit a couple topics quick. Dennis Smith Jr., He's still out. I think he should be back for the next game. We thought he was going to be back tonight, but they decided to sit him. Um, coming back from his family stuff. Mitchell Robinson, he's now missed uh, two games, three games with concussion stuff. Um, and I think they said he's going to miss one more. Is that yeah. right? Yep, that's right. Well, at least one more. He's at still in the protocol. One more, uh, which is funny because he played more before he got pulled. But either way. Um, so they're out on that. So that's some quick player stuff. And I think, I think we'll dive into the games a little bit because this is going to lead us into some of the other topics this week. Frank looking decent. Dotson getting run. Porzingis sucks. But first, before that, uh, we started this week at Detroit Basketball. Um, and that was kind of the highlight of that game was just me thinking about the bad boy Pistons because the Knicks got shellacked again. Um, kind of a brutal effort in the fourth quarter. Uh, and I mean, throughout the game, it just never felt like they had a chance in this one. This is the game Mitchell Robinson does get hurt in, um, which is tough because the whole thing was like, Hey, let's see how he does versus Drummond. Uh, he only gets eight minutes before he gets whacked in the dome. Um, Marcus Morris, another solid game, 18 points, three of seven from three, uh, RJ Barrett. Uh, did some R.J. Barrett stuff. You see some missed free throws and some missed field goals, but he finishes with 15, 8, and 6 uh, with a pair of steals, which is pretty quality. Knox, solid game off the bench. I think the story in Knicksland, though, is that Julius Randle played like a good basketball game. Um, it was still a little funky, and I think we're learning more about Julius Randle every game, but he looked good. Yes. Only, only three uh, rebounds. Only four turnovers, only five, <laughs> only five fouls, only minus twenty-two, and it was a good game for him. We, but I mean, we've, we've lowered the bar. I mean, Julius Randle is—he's something else, you know. You you could see the talent whenever he does stuff, but then he just—it's it's tough to watch. I feel like he needs someone who is way better than him on, on this team to yell at him, like Anthony Davis could on, on the Pelicans. I don't know that that actually happened, but I like to picture it. Right. Because you know? right now, like, 
there's a strong argument that he's the best player on the team. Him and Marcus Morris. RJ Barrett. You know. Yeah, RJ Barrett. I don't know if RJ Barrett's ready to yell at Julius Randle, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully pretty soon. Get him in line. Yeah. Oh, Randle just had a nice block. Well, and then he dribbled up the floor and lost it, and the ball went out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds like the story is. Uh, I guess, uh, I mean, Julius Randle is one of the big topics on the Knicks right now, but do we think, like, so we we saw some decent Julius Randle on offense this game. He hit a couple three-point shots, which was kind of, that was actually a huge relief because his three-point shooting, like, had looked just so, so bad, and he, like, actually hit a couple shots in rhythm and almost semi-contested. Um, when Julius Randle is right, and again, this is early in the Julius Randle uh, <laughs> I hope ex- experiment, unfortunately, sounds like the right word at this point. But do we think even when he's playing well that his game is kind of unorthodox? So so even when he's having a good game, he kind of takes some funky shots and stuff like that, or am I just making excuses at this point? No, he, do, he, he tries to do a lot. Um, and just, just so you guys know, when he dribbled the ball and went out of bounds, he got fouled, so he got to shoot a couple free throws. Um, where he's shooting under 60% on the season. Um, Fits right but <laughs> yeah, he's the leader. That's why I follow the leader. That's why everyone misses their free throws. <laughs> the leader's doing it. You have to do it. But he, he does, he tries to do a lot. Uh, I know Mike Breen was saying every time he does that spin move, it's just a turnover waiting to happen. I mean, there was, there was a play yes, or against the Mavs when, he saw the double team coming. Instead of just immediately thrown out of it, he just tried to go baseline and he just dribbled the ball out of bounds. But, like, he recognizes that a double team fast enough to do something, but he doesn't do anything about it. He, he just he forces it a lot. But, I mean, at the end of the Mavs game, he led the team to a victory. It was, it was very much him. He got a very key basket, then he got a rebound on R.J. Barrett's missed free throw after he missed two. And then he knocked down a couple free throws. He was very clutch, I guess. But like Baby David has said, he had a he had a nice stat line, even though it was very tough to watch. But like you said, very unorthodox to watch. Yeah, it feels like he definitely he wants to be like a do it all kind of player, um, and he's just not good enough to do that. So he's probably in the stage of his career where he should start like just focusing on making his strengths stronger rather than like adding skills. Um, but, like, you look at all three games he played this week and his final stat lines, at least at this point in, in the Cavs game, this is still the case, I think. His final stat lines all, like, look decent, which is really annoying because he's been such a frustrating watch. But, um, but like, I, I mean, I guess you can't really complain too much about this week, but he kind of, like, just really frustrated me this week with uh, all the spin moves that are just bad and the – just just doing weird stuff out there a little bit. Yeah, the, the, the turnovers in the shooting percentage. I mean, that those just aren't where they need to be. And, again, you hope it's small sample size and learning how to play with these guys around them. And, and me and Tom actually talked about it on the Midweek Podcast. If you haven't checked that out, you should. Um, but even, Greg, you mentioned Anthony Davis. He did sit out a lot of last year while Julius Randle was thriving. And he was playing with Drew Holiday still. Like, mm. like the, the talent 
on that team that he was coming from was still clearly superior to the Knicks and had some cohesion. I mean, we've got six guys in the Knicks rotation that these, you know, 9-10 games are the first 9-10 games they're playing together. So hopefully it's a little of that, like, we're still gelling. These guys need to play together. I think it raises kind of the yellow slash I'll, – I'll leave it as a yellow flag of, like, I don't know, Alvin Gentry is a pretty well-respected coach in the league. Uh, what kind of offense did they run down there? What kind of offense is Fizdale running? I, I wish we had a better <laughs> idea at this point. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know, but it, in the Pistons game, he had a couple nice moves. He hit some shots. Um, I, I don't know. that The other thing that, I mean, is kind of the elephant in the room. A, we got Tony Snell. <laughs> Tony Snell went nine for nine, six of six from three, 24 points. Uh, his season high was 11. Uh, Blake Griffin didn't play this game, and Detroit's two point guards, uh, Reggie Jackson and Derrick Rose. So when you put all that in the bucket, what the hell? Yeah, the Knicks. Knicks are just, I mean, like you said, hopefully it's just putting a bunch of new players on the same team and them not knowing how to play together, and eventually they'll figure it out. But we'll see if that happens. It's it's kind of funny looking back at the box score. Drummond goes 12 of 16, Snell 9 of 9, Markeith Morris, which that was actually the most fun surprise of this game was that it was Morris versus Morris. We all enjoyed that a lot. Uh, he goes 7 of 11. So you do the numbers on that, uh, a lot of teams are going to win that game. Um, I, I don't know, guys. I, I think we, we move off of that before we deep dive because I, I just think the news kind of gets worse on that. Uh, Nick's even shot kind of decently, but it, it was never in the cards. Let's go to the fun part of this show. Uh, the Knicks take their traveling band to Dallas, American Airlines Arena, been there. See an old friend, Chris Dapp's poor sucks ass. <laughs> Whoa, hey, don't, don't quote me on that, people. Um, no, that. Uh, but we, we see Chris Dapp's for the first time. Him and Doncic are... One of the more fun pairings in the NBA right now, but the Knicks beat them 106 to 102. Never a um, doubt. They jump out to a lead in the first, and then uh, a little bit of back and forth. Uh, I think it's funny now looking back, seeing the Knicks did shoot 50% from three, 14 of 28. Um, and the same time, they shot 58% from the free throw line. Um, so I don't know if you move those numbers around a little bit, who cares? Um, Doncic does his thing, the big triple-double, KP, 28-9, five blocks. Uh, but, guys, Marcus Morris Sr., he puts up a 29 spot. Julius Randle with another good offensive performance in some moments. And Frankie Smokes, man, he was all over the court. He was doing everything. This uh, the, the, the pinnacle of the early Knicks season. Yeah, that was good. Um, the Mavs were winning 54-57 at one point, and then the Knicks took the lead, and they had it for a very long time until late in the fourth quarter when it got it got uh, got scary again. But, I mean, like you said, Frank hit a three at the, the very beginning of the game, first shot. Um, Knicks scored 11 points of those in, – in, of the first Knicks 11 points, all five players scored, which was, which was cool nice. to watch. Uh, Everybody's – yeah, R.J. Barrett hit his first shot, then he missed every single other shot that he took for the rest of the game. 
but you know, you hit one. That's what fine. matters. But it was it was great to watch. You know, Frank did his thing. He was leading the offense. Uh, didn't have the most points, but he was it was a steady point guard, which is something that we needed since we got Julius Randle trying to run the point and just spinning and turning the ball over out of bounds. Uh, Frank was knocking down threes. I think he was three for three or four for four from three at one point. Maybe ended that way. Uh, he ended four for five. Four for five. He Took started four more. for four then. And yeah. the big play, he tried to dunk it on Porzingis, which everybody on Knicks Twitter loved. All Knicks fans loved it, even though it ultimately got challenged and it was just a it was just a block by Porzingis. But just the fact that he had the guts to do it and go for it, the confidence knowing that Peyton and DSJ weren't on the bench about to come in if he messed up. It was just good to see him be confident and just clutch. It gets to have some second chances, so he's playing with a lot more confidence there. Uh, just a good week for Frank all around generally, but especially that game does the most uh, full put-together game he's gotten. 37 minutes, yeah, 14 points, six boards, four assists, like we said. Four steals were nice. Uh, helped the Knicks overcome a near quadruple double from Luka Doncic if you include turnovers. A cripple um, double. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that wasn't the Knicks scoring. Um, mm. But, yeah, uh, that dunk would have been just awesome. The world would have exploded, I think, if that dunk went through. But, uh, you know, live with just letting Porzingis foul him there, I guess, and – but he did. He didn't follow him. He got blocked after the replay review. The oh, details yeah. don't matter. But you know, the the world did explode at one point when Tim Hardaway Jr. had a fast break and Frank swatted it, and then he comes down the court as the trailer Trier dishes it to him and he hits a knockdown three. And the world yeah. just blows up. And then the next possession, he comes down, hits a, like a a nice like jumper, a deep two, and you're like, wow. He had a little step He's, back. He's never done anything like this before. It's good to see that he's got this. I mean, maybe he did it when he was playing for France in the the World Cup, but he hasn't done it on the Knicks. Yeah, in a yeah, real and game. And, and the confidence, uh, we keep saying confidence. I, I've got more of a word that's that sums up this crew. Swaggy, man. Mm. Uh, Frank, Frank threw a nice one-handed pass. He was driving and just threw it with one hand, whipped it out for three. Um, the blocks, he le- he finishes with three blocks. Greg mentioned what would probably be the sequence of this game, him blocking THJ, coming back and hitting the three. I mean, let's be honest. If we had to take bets before the season, if Frank would have a four or five from three shooting night, I think we all say no. <laughs> I, I, I think you have to be honest with yourself there. So he um, – and, and it's not like – it's not those, hey, they left Frank unguarded – like let's watch him do his kind of slow mo. I'm wide open shot. Like he he pulled up. He's like, yeah. hey, I'm 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 gonna shoot. It's a it's a shot you'd see Trier take or some some of the more confident guys on the team, and uh, it's it's awesome. And his his defense has been felt. The Fizdale quotes are coming out. I mean, four steals and three blocks. That's that's no joke. When a lot of the time he's out there and he's messing around with someone like Doncic, who again does put up a final box score that's pretty impressive but the Mavericks who were were five and two at the time lost at home to these New York Knicks who are now getting pummeled by Cleveland 
And one of the things Doncic did down the stretch, the Knicks are just missed every single free throw they possibly could, and in, in their best effort to lose the game, I think they were winning by nine with like a minute left or something ridiculous. Then Tim Hardaway Jr. hit two threes. Uh, Knicks were up six with like thirty seconds left, and basically you just want to slow the Mavericks down. And instead, Tim Hardaway Jr. just hit a three like out of the inbound pass, and it took two seconds. And then Knicks come down, missed two free throws. Doncic. Takes like the worst shot you could take, which was very fortunate for the Knicks, and that that just gets, gave us the win finally. He he took a step back from the logo, and, <laughs> and then then we won with 17 seconds left in the game. The, the after the the post game, the, the guy was saying like, even if you hit that, like it's a tie game, and the Knicks have 17 seconds to do anything they want. It was really weird choice by Don. Like I guess, I think Jake, you were the one that that text us earlier like he's gonna be really disliked in like one year like the way he the way he shoots just like crazy shots without being steph curry and hitting like all of them uh, it's gonna start getting on people's nerves well right right now it's the fun new party trick in the nba it's like wow look at this dude he hits step backs he does everything um, but I just think after a while, if you're doing this stuff and your team only does so much, I mean, you become I mean, I, uh, Carl Anthony Towns is unfair because they're totally different games. But, you know, I, you just you don't respect guys fully if it doesn't come through in the playoffs. And maybe he will because he is awesome. But there's there's a lot of yelling and one or like almost every time he hits a three, he gives a guy the look like. Dude, you weren't guarding me closer? Are you nuts? And it's like that's it's like, okay, dude. I mean, you're you're tall, your handle's awesome, your shooting's awesome. I mean, even driving. Um he's an awesome player, but I don't know. I I think and again, these are these comparisons are apples and oranges a little bit, but it's it's like Russ's triple double season. Like Durant left, Russ went nut job, he got the triple double in the MVP, and everyone was like, oh, Russell, what? I, this is unreal. Nobody's done this since Big O. The next year, he basically has the same stats, and they're like, Russ kind of pats his stats, and they don't <laughs> win. Like, I, the, yeah. the NBA story just changes on you like that. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. I, I, again, yeah. like, I <laughs> right now, I like Doncic, but when I was watching this game, I was like, yeah, I could see a world where – if Dallas doesn't make any playoff noise in the next couple seasons, that everyone's going to be like, ah, you know, that maybe overrated or I, I kind of like yeah. <laughs> it's totally rude to his game, but I like saying party favor because it's like, damn, that's cool. Like he can do that. I mean, in his defense, they're six and three right now, and he's averaging 27.7, 10. 10.8, and 9.1. And but, they have I mean, a lot it of is, good like, players. And they lost to the Knicks. So we have to assume that they're the worst team ever. Yeah. <laughs> but they do have the good young players that got a good record now. They seem to be building towards some stuff. Should we'll we talk? get some of the bigger contracts off the books soon, so another addition might come at some point. So time will tell on, on the public opinion on Luka Doncic. Should we talk about how Porzingis looked? We can talk about it. What do you so. got to say, Greg? Look pretty good. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Good player. Yeah, he scored twenty eight on a eleven for twenty two shoot, and he's still knocking down those threes. He looked like the the early single early season Porzingis that we're used to. And I know the announcer or Mike Breen was just saying, you know, he's gotten stronger. You know, if 
if you know that that's one thing he never was able to do with the Knicks. But that's not true. He was always very strong at the beginning of the year, and he just wears down, and then he, then he just is becomes inefficient. And he's just trying to back you down, and then he doesn't do anything, and you, nobody moves, so he just is taking turnaround elbow jumpers nonstop. So we'll see if this is the year where he does, stays strong for the whole year. But he he looked like the Porzingis we've known. Yeah, I mean, he looked. It looked like he was on a mission in that, you know, in that game against the Knicks. All year he's had some pretty good stat lines. Um, you know, it looks like it, it makes sense that one team at one point uh, took him fourth in the draft. Um, so I'm I'm very interested, especially with him having like a second stud piece in Doncic with him. Like, can he get to uh, New Year's instead of Christmas? Uh, will he <laughs> be good all year? Ooh. Will he stay healthy? Um, all those things. But so far, so good for Chris Dapps in Dallas on a near or a full max contract for what he can make, right? Another part of him looking like the Porzingis we know. He had 28, nine rebounds, and zero assists, as as is tradition by him. <laughs> no, no helpers. Fouled out. Uh, uh, only one turnover, and yeah, that that's the thing. Like, a he is more roped up, and he did have instead of just a, you know the normal off season. I mean, he's basically had a year and a half, if not more than that. So he he is a little more roped up, and maybe his body will be a little more ready for the rigors. Maybe being able to share the court with someone like Doncic will help him get through the rigors as well. Um, and he his his shot was there. He shot four of eight from three. Um, so yeah, when when Chris Stapps is doing that, um, I I mean he's he's the unicorn, yeah. And I I know I, we still have a, a pretty bad taste in our mouth from how all that went down, and more details were coming out. Like, uh, oh my God, what was the what was the quote from the article? We were all losing it uh, over. It's they, like Chris Stapps loves New it, York. Yeah, in the weeks a trade. In the weeks leading up to the trade, he wanted to stay there. He was, like, willing to fully commit or whatever, yeah. <laughs> something like he that. He was committed to the Knicks until he wasn't. Yeah, the That's same. Was. Uh, so, no, yeah. Well, no, that. One thing that made the, the game great, especially great, like Big Baby said, it seemed like he was on a mission to beat the Knicks, and he was he was going all out. And, you know, everybody else doesn't have to be on a mission. They just destroy the Knicks by a lot. And this guy, <laughs> was like, had a goal in mind. I want to beat this team. And then they – the the Knicks won their second game of the year, and their first game of the year took like a, a twelve zero run to end the game in order to win by p- barely anything. The Bobby Portis game that'll yeah. be remembered. Um, yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, speaking of Bobby Portis, he does grab twelve boards in twenty four minutes. <laughs> Not his best shooting night, but he does get a double double fourteen and twelve. Uh, Marcus Morris, man, he keeps shooting really well. And uh, yeah, the Knicks walk out of Dallas with a W, um, and it, there there is some extra fun with the with it being the the Porzingis return game, um, and yeah, the, all that bad stuff I said about Luka Doncic. I mean, give me give I'll trade the Knicks for him now, um, but that's not how this works. Um, and this segues us into current status. Um, I think you guys are a minute or two ahead of me, but I have Cleveland eighty three, Knicks sixty six. That's what I got. Um, this I got is, this is tough, guys. I, I mean, and I, I mean, it's part of being a Knicks fan. Like you, you have to convince yourself into stuff. But let's be honest. When we won the Dallas game and we saw Cleveland at home, you're saying, 
okay, we're going to get a little two-game win streak in here. We're going to be feeling good about Frank. Maybe Randall has his coming out party. And, I mean, they've just stunk. Like, there's no it, – there. it's nothing. It's not like, oh, yeah, they've been getting the looks, but the shots haven't been dropping. Just flat-out bad, no energy. And, I mean, it, it reminds me of – what was it, the Sunday before this? Uh, when they played the Kings. Yeah. And, I mean, it was basically the same song and dance. So, like, I, I don't know if there's a new – is there a new Saturday night spot in the city that everyone's rolling through? or One, one Oak. Our, our One Oak, that Greg, apparently he's got the scoop on that. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, this who, – who's currently having a good game? Like, I'm not going to look at the box score. Who is currently having a good game? I'm going to look at the box score. I – you know, once again, Julius Randle, his numbers are actually decent. He's 6 of 13 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3. Uh, only two turnovers, 14 boards. Um, so actually a, a good game from him. Um, Marcus Morris is 3 of 10. That's, that's not good. Um, <laughs> six rebounds. Uh. uh. To, to yeah, put this game in another bad RJ game, but yeah, to put this game into perspective, the Knicks were losing seventy-two yeah. to forty-two by thirty. They went on a nineteen to four run to cut the lead to fifteen, and there was like, yeah, now we're only losing by fifteen. They would need to do that same nineteen four run again in order to be tied, which they didn't do. They decided to lose instead. Well, let's let's get nuts. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. There, there's been no rhythm. They're they're shooting twenty four percent from three, thirty six percent from the field. Um, again, the free throw shooting is it's like it's fully in concerning territory. Sixty five percent this game. Um, like I mentioned casually in the game before this against Dallas, they shot I think it was fifty eight percent from the free throw line. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know what these guys expected. I, I don't know if you just blame it on a slow start. But, no, I the, the intensity wasn't there again on a Sunday. I mean, Cleveland scores 31 in the first quarter. The Knicks went into halftime with 36. I mean, it's just uh, unacceptable on every level. It, uh, we'll have two weeks in a row, you know, coming off of recent uh, uh, impressive good wins. They come in facing a team that's struggling and very beatable yet they uh that team comes in just lays a big old mud pie on the knicks and they don't bring anywhere near a large enough slice um it's just embarrassing <laughs> yeah yeah I, I took the words right out of my mouth uh <laughs> <laughs> but the uh i think ultimately tonight it, it's come down to along with the intensity stuff if they had just like hit a normal number of shots, not even like shot well, just hit like a normal number. This game would be very different. They went into half time down, whatever the score was. They had the 36 points, but you know, they come in, they're shooting 25% from the free throw line at halftime. They're shooting 65% for the game now. Um, and they got it back to within 15 at the time we read that number. Uh, it's back to a 20 point game now, but uh, you know, so yeah. just hit like some shots and it's a very different game. Yes. I, 
I feel I feel like the game uh, we're watching it live right now, and it it just it opened up a little bit. The Knicks had a couple good looks where if they hit them, like it could have been a twelve point game, something like that. Which again, what what we're begging for at home against Cleveland is pretty sad. Uh, but I I mean it's not like oh man they've been missing good looks. I mean it's it's been disconnected. Um, we've got the mass subs coming in, and I, I, I don't know. If something big happens in this game, we'll update it the rest of the way. But otherwise, not too much to be excited for. Colin Sexton going, uh, he was 5 of 6 for three from 3 at one point. Um, other than that, I mean, the Cavs are kind of playing bad too, which that's making me kind of sick. So let's move on from it. Um, we, we've got a couple kind of topics and other stuff that leaked from this week. Um, uh, if you guys have something on this, feel free. I feel like this just happens annually now, and I'm going to ignore it until it, it happens. And when it does, we will have a celebration for the ages. But the, the rumors were swirling that James Dolan might sell his shares, but there's no actual rumors. I think it's just people being frustrated again. Um, I, I don't know. Do you guys have something? Greg, did you hear something at One Oak? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> No, I did not. Um, the Knicks are worth so much money, so I pro- no one's probably going to buy it unless they have that much money. It well, what like the report was? I'm trying to pull up the official, like the the Woj tweet, but it, Woj tweet. What? But what it really was is was just that like the entertainment side of the company and like the sports team side of the company were going to be like two different things technically. That's yeah. all that was really said. I don't know. I don't know that very well might mean they intend to sell soon, but like I I just don't actually know what to do with that information and nobody said for sure that that means selling's going to happen. So, I've learned not to get my hopes up. Yeah, I mean, he just when you have that much money, you you don't even need to sell anything. If he sold the Knicks, then he would just have more money. What yeah, would, that's a good point. What would that do? That's uh, yeah, I know so- someone was talking about. I I forget. I was listening to a basketball podcast, and they were talking about. Uh, oh, they were talking about keeping the Golden State team together like if KD had stayed and they were talking about like they'd be paying crazy luxury tax and they were talking about the owner and they I think it was Simmons Bill Simmons said he's like dude they would do that all day because a they don't care they're crazy rich b they're in Silicon Valley where it's I mean that's like the modern day or I mean they're in the Bay Area and that's the modern day like spitting contest and it's like yeah ev- everyone's rich from different stuff but only one dude owns the Golden State Warriors. And that's what Dolan's doing right now. Like, you know, he, he knows a bunch of rich dudes, but guess what he's got? The New York Knicks. Um, and I don't know, right? For me right now, it's like a scheduled tweet. Just like every second week of the basketball season, the <laughs> Knicks are going to get off to an awful start, and you're going to hear a rumor like, is Dolan going to sell the Knicks? And no, it's just not going to happen. Um, at, so at this that's point, it's I'm to at. spite everyone else wants him to sell the team and that's the only reason he wants to keep it i don't think he wants to do this anymore but he found out people want him to sell so he's just gonna not do it on purpose yeah he just wants to play his jazz i don't want to get dark as i watch tristan thompson dunk an alley-oop 
I, I, I don't want to get dark, but do, like, Knicks fans need to do something? Like, the Garden is packed on a Sunday night, excited to watch two of the worst teams in the league, and the Knicks are going to lose by 20. But, like, what? This isn't Dolan's fault, this game. No, that's true. This uh, is just well, what happened. I don't know. It's all kind of Dolan's fault <laughs> yeah. in a way, you know? <laughs> I mean, chicken or the egg. Yeah. If, <laughs> ju- if Dolan didn't it's exist, egg first, but. Julius Julius Randle wouldn't be on the team. Yeah, maybe, maybe I have to maybe I have to do something ridiculous outside the garden one of these days, and that'll be like my uh, that'll be my calling card. People will be like, "Oh, that's the guy that made Dolan himself. <laughs> made Dolan sell the team." <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. that Jake did. Oh that. my god, dude! I would be a hero. Uh, he juggled <laughs> outside for six hours until Joel, Dolan sold the team. <laughs> oh my god! If you're listening and you have any good ideas on what I can do to make James Dolan sell this team. I will do pretty much anything. Um, so there, there's that. Um, the other notes, I, I mentioned the injury stuff. Alfred Payton is also still out, which, um, I mean, there's a chance he's an important part to this team because um, they there there are a couple stats there. Uh, he's still, like, there, there's no finite report on it. They're saying he's day-to-day, but I'm, I'm going to wait until I hear anything. I'm, I'm not expecting him back this week. Um and then my final notes, as you guys can see, um, I wrote KP sucks. We covered that. Um, Frank looks good. We touched on that a little bit, but if anyone else has anything. The other thing that I think is a small note before we get into awards is Dotson starting to get some run. Um, and that's A, partially because Ellington has been terrible. And B, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of funny. When, when me and Tom did the midweek pod, we were talking about, like, what would be our best five rotation? What's our finishing five? And there was part of me that wanted to say Dotson, but at the same time, he wasn't even cutting the Knicks rotation. Um, I, I don't know. Do you guys want to see more Dame Dot? Yeah, I like Dame Dot. You know, he's he's better than – it's better to watch him than Ellington. I, I've I've – Grown to you're off the Ellington. Train. I'm off the Ellington train already. He takes a lot of threes, uh, but I mean, which would be fine. But he takes like running. He takes like the Harden new move, summer move, where he's you know the fadeaway off one foot, not literally, but figuratively, he does that. But close. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Dotson, especially if it's going to be the same role as Ellington, I'd rather see Dotson in there. He's twenty. Five first and foremost, so maybe he uh, can still get better. You know, this is a guy who last year at 24 years old, he started 40 games, uh, shot 37% from three, averaged 10 points per game for us. He, like, got run and was good. So why are we punishing him? Why are we punishing (laughs) him now when the team is still bad? I cannot believe that Dotson started 40 games last year. That's a true statement. Yeah. And he was and I, he was kind of solid. Um, hmm. Like, you rarely walk away from a game and be like, oh, Dame Dot, what are you doing? Um, yeah, he averaged so, 10.7 points and 3.6 boards in yeah. 73 games. He's, like, good. Played solid defense. Um, yeah, and I, I hope well, – I just watched Jetty Oseman go for another middle middle school alley oop. No success this time. Tough break, Jetty. 
Um, oh man. Yeah, man. I I don't know, and that that's the other thing that I'm I'm starting to develop in my head. Which again, it, it's tough to tell what's a Nick's defense mechanism at this point and what's real. Um, for me, I can't see Wayne Ellington finishing the season on this team. Um, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about who can be traded, and we've talked about Marcus Morris and some of these guys. Um, they make pretty serious money. Like, we, I, I think we ended up laughing one episode, or maybe this was just in our group chat. Like, <laughs> to trade Marcus Morris or someone like that, a star player almost has to get hurt for another team in their last year of the contract and be traded. Um, Wayne Ellington's making eight mil this year. Um, he's a shooter, and like you could just see a team having eight, being able to get rid of eight million to add Wayne Ellington. So in my head, I mean they're not going to just straight bench Wayne Ellington. Um, that that's not going to happen. So I I still think we have to kind of measure this out in like uh, pre pre trade deadline and post deadline, and assume like. Someone like Wayne Ellington makes so much more sense to another team. If he could be your eighth man, hit some threes and go, cool. Um, like I, I was oddly in the trade machine for a while, and this shows a little bit of how much of a loser I am and a little bit of how much of a sports fan I am. But I was looking how to get Terrence Mann off the Clippers because I was like, he's solid. He's got to be better than what we're putting out. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. That's uh, <laughs> I don't know where you guys want to run with that. I won't even end it with a question. Yeah, I mean, it's just like that's where the Knicks are, where you're like, well, you know what? We could use Terrence Mann instead of Ellington. We Why just not? Use, if we're going to lose, we might as well have young people who might get better rather than whoever, whoever has these, a chance. whoever's Somebody on the team a, right now. Yeah, someone who just has a chance to be good at some point. Like Jake, you said it. You can't see a way – Wayne Ellington finishes the season on this team. I like can't see him finishing on this team. Like I won't allow it. It's not <laughs> something I want to see. Okay, so I'm 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 going for James Dolan. Big Baby David officially is going for Wayne Ellington and not letting him finish the season as a Nick. It's um, also just that like he will have some value to some team just as a guy who can shoot and put in effort on defense. Like somebody will pick that up. Eight million is not anything to scoff at in the NBA, but like with the current salary cap situation, it's not like an albatross number at any in any way. Um, so someone will be able to take that on. Maybe they send us some shitty player making too much money, but that's the whole roster. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, what may be useful at some point is Reggie Bullock's contract. Contract, assuming that he yeah. comes back and he's functional. But, I mean, none of us really know what's going on with him because he, like, signed a deal for, like, a lot of money. And then they're like, all right, he's injured. Now he's only going to get $10. Like, Sounds like a good deal. Yeah, <laughs> literally 5% of the deal he originally yeah. agreed to. He's, his deal's going to go down enough that we're going to sign a new best player, Marcus Sounds Morris, like with the money. Something very serious happened because you just lost a lot of money, dude. Um, so and he was know, like, he was like happy. Doesn't to, have a back. He was like happy to sign the contract still. Right? He was, like, yeah. he was stoked. They're like, yeah, uh, the know. Knicks are Knicks are very nice. Men, they're menches, I believe his agent said. I don't know what that <laughs> word means, but it sounds mean. But I guess it's a nice word. It's a nice word. It's the one my people use. Um, <laughs> they, uh, oh. 
Jewish thing. Um, yeah, no, it's weird because Bullock originally signed for for what, like, a, what's the number, eleven million for the year or something for over yeah. two years, whatever the number is, and they like, and they were like, yeah, we agreed to do that, and a lot, and you know, he was hurt, and they a lot of teams, or a lot of guys, when a team comes to you, it's like, maybe we should rework this number. They'd be like, yeah, oh, no, you guys agreed to give me this. I'll take like a little cut for not like telling you I have some awful back injury that's gonna keep me out all year but he was just like oh yeah sweet you'll still give me four million that's getting away with robbery on its own <laughs> like uh, yeah hopefully he's hopefully he's functional and we could attach him to one of the really big contracts like you know i don't know marcus morris i don't know when he's supposed to be back and apparently he lost another family member like today um, yeah, it was this uh, today. So yeah, I think today, like he lost another. Like, he had Crazy. an Instagram Jeez. post. No, Jesus like, Christ! Bad, just a bad time for Reggie Bullock. Sorry, dude. Come back. Yeah. Yeah. That. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I I don't I don't think he's gonna be back in time for like this year's deadline. But I maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. I mean that that whole situation is. It's pretty wild. <laughs> that that would be a lot of teams like craziest thing, and that that's a blip on the Knicks radar. <laughs> I um, forgot about it altogether. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, boys, let's do a little. Uh, let let's do a little a quick award sesh, um, and I'll I'll go first because I I always forget to if you if you guys are ready or not for awards. But I, I I've got one I'm I'm excited for, and I'm gonna go with the Tipsy Uncle Award. Um, always a fan favorite, very prestigious. Um, and what does your tipsy uncle do? He has a couple drinks, you know, you're, you're at a nice barbecue. He's trying to walk inside to outside and he walks right into the screen door. Doesn't see it. And I'm giving that to Taj Gibson. Um, my, my guy Taj, we didn't mention him in the Dallas game. And I, I think it's something Tom's mentioned a little bit, and I, I think we're going to hear more about. It It's funny, and I'm sure there's some advanced stats that measure it. Taj Gibson sets really good screens, and it really helps the Knicks' offense. <laughs> and it, it's kind of crazy. I know um, Tommy had a couple video of, of Julius Randle just not even setting the screen, just dive into the basket. Taj Gibson was setting some big screens. It really allows the Knicks to do a lot on offense. Um, it, it, we've seen it open up plays for Knox. We've seen it open up plays for Barrett. Um, so I, I, I'm glad in a way that we skipped over him a little bit in the Mavericks game where he had a night five for six from the field, eight rebounds, 12 points in 28 minutes. Um, but again, if you just look at Nick's box scores, which is almost weirder than just being a Knicks fan, I guess there's a little less torture, but Taj Gibson in his screen setting is it's, it's important. It's a. It's a. It's. It's one of the better pieces of our offense. Surprisingly. Yeah, because you get a lot of people who don't actually set the screens. They just like pretend to, and then they slip immediately before anything actually happens. And it's like that's you're defeating the whole point. Yeah. Yeah, those are huge, uh, and that's a, that's a big thing for Taj because he's doing. But even just his traditional stats were really good in that Dallas game, five and six shooting and almost double digit rebounds. He got eight uh, in 27 minutes stepping in for, for Mitch Rob in like the first game he wasn't able to start in a while. So it, it was really nice to see him doing that. We had some good jokes in the, in our 
little group chat about his plus minus compared to Julius Randle's because felt like those should be switched. Um, Gibson had a minus five plus minus. Julius Randle had plus eight, and that just makes no sense. Uh, small sample. Small sample, fam. Um, and yeah, I know <laughs> some some people are probably listening to that and saying, uh, "What?" Because Taj, Taj had three <laughs> screen uh, fouls called on him in tonight's game, uh, the Cleveland game. But this uh, this game doesn't even matter. Um, guys, would would either of you like the honor of the second award? I I'll go. I'll go. Um, nice. I will call us that. I don't even care what happens the rest of the day award. Um, okay. Any guesses? I don't care. Prob- what probably, probably Frank, maybe. Oh, Frank or Barrett. Good. It's a Frank award. Nice. He, uh, he has that, that big game against Dallas. Uh, I was a guy. I was weirdly ahead on, on the Frank thing. I uh, was calling for him to be. Uh, drafted by the Knicks in like January before that draft, because basically because I heard of him and I thought it was fun <laughs> to to pick him as a guy I wanted. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to find a tweet. I don't think I tweeted about him until like May, but I definitely yelled at my roommates about how I want this French guy. Um, so he had that, that was, big. That game wasn't like, talking about basketball though. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I just wanted him. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> but uh, you know. So for me, I, that was just such a big win. I, I don't care what happens, like ever again with Frank. I think I I've won that. Um, nothing nothing else matters. He had that big game, and just kind of dick slapped Porzingis a little bit. So like that. Yeah, he uh, very nice, David. <laughs> um, he uh, his his last four games before tonight. Um, and we we talked about kind of setting our own Frank bar. The last four games, uh, 9.3 points, 3.3 assists, 3 rebounds, 2.3 steals, and 2 blocks, basically, 1.8, uh, while hitting his 3-point shot. So it's, it's, yeah, we kind of talked about setting the Frank bar and where does it need to be set at. But, yeah, I, I mean, three of his last four games before heading in tonight were – Special's dramatic. That's saying saying they're special is again having that Frank bar pretty low. But there there's only so many guys in this league that can have four steals and three blocks in the same game. He had three blocks on back to back nights. So it's you're you're right. Like what what we're starting to see from Frank is another glimmer of hope for this Knicks season that we we kind of didn't expect. Yeah, Gregoire. I got a couple. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll go quick. Uh, first one, best hog Ooh. goes goes to to Bobby Portis. Um, Bobby Portis, I know he, he didn't. He he led us to our first victory. He didn't lead us last game, but he was in the first half. He was doing a lot. He was playing very well, and he was he was definitely keeping the Knicks in the game. I appreciate that. He had a big three in the second half as well. So I, I thought. He deserved an award. I appreciated what he did for the team. You know, like yeah. 14 points, uh, 12 boards in 24 minutes, plus three. We'll take that off the bench. And now to my more important award. My more important award. The okay. the Thank You God Award. Ooh. Goes to Tim Hardaway Jr. 
Yes. Thank you, God, that I don't have to watch this guy play basketball <laughs> every oh. night. I mean, it hurts. It hurts watching uh, Randall play, but Tim Hardaway Jr. is just another, another level. Because you could see Julius Randall has talent to to be to to be trying to do and what he's doing, and sometimes it works. But Tim Hardaway Jr. This guy just fires away. Five for fifteen, three for ten from three, and two of those were at like the very end of the game when they were losing by nine, which is clutch. But then it was like, God, God damn it! Like, why would you make those two of any two? But yeah, right. <laughs> watching Tim Hardaway Jr. play basketball is is a punishment in itself. It's like watching the Knicks play basketball, and you could just you're glad that the Mavericks fans took that with them with Porzingis. You know, if you want Porzingis, you have to watch Tim Hardaway Jr. play basketball. That's <laughs> I wa- that's the trade. I feel like I, I want to know like what are like Mavericks fans thinking of Hardaway so far. I've not looked at any like single game box scores um, it, other than the game he played against the Knicks, but I can't imagine the rest have been great just because he's no. still Tim Hardaway Jr. and he still has that contract. But uh, I mean, he I does the Tim <laughs> he does the Tim Hardaway Jr. thing where every once once every ten games he's like actually good. And so the game after the Knicks game, he he was seven for fourteen, five for nine from three with twenty points, and they beat the Grizzlies one thirty eight one twenty two. Second night of the back to back, rest of the team was gas and just told them to go have fun. I guess. Yeah, twenty points I'll, in twenty two minutes. I'll tell you exactly what Dallas fans are doing, BBD, because I did this with Tim Hardaway Jr. They're they're convincing himself, they're convincing themselves that the good games are going to come around. And they're they're what they're trying to do is convince them that Tim Hardaway is going to be so solid this season he's going to figure it out that he's going to deny his player option to go get paid because that's what they want to believe so they can go sign other free agents. Um, but yeah, Timmy, wow. um, I don't know, and I I can admit, uh, it, I don't I don't want to say I was wrong with Timmy, but I was wrong with Timmy. Um, <laughs> I I was hopeful with Timmy. Um, there, there was some stats when he came over from Atlanta. You got hopeful, full, but he's just—it's it, not today's NBA. It's—it's it's not efficient enough, um, and it's pretty funny. We didn't mention him at all um, until this award, which was totally planned. We talked about that, so that was good planning by us. Um, but yeah, that was—that was the Tim Hardaway Jr. revenge game. And Greg, I'll comment on your hog per usual. Uh, the best hog, and this is Jakey having fun with stats. Um, <laughs> In our two wins, Bobby Portis is averaging 21 points and 11 and a half rebounds. <laughs> yeah, so, there it is. So, He's so we, the just, key. we just we just we just need <laughs> yeah, Bobby Portis is the key feed, to unlocking this feed team. him the ball every play. The problem um, is every other game he's played this season, he's been the very worst player in basketball at any level, well, including middle BBD, school. BBD, I don't want to I don't want to get you too rowdy in losses. Bobby Portis, well, this is before tonight, but in losses, Bobby Portis is averaging 6.9 points and 6.9 rebounds. Nice. <laughs> your fav- <laughs> your uh. favorite player. Um, guys, I before we wrap up, um, there's one other thing, and I think it's a name we haven't said till now, and it makes me really concerned because I think we even did this last time. 
Kevin Knox, guys. Um, Knoxie was, uh, I mean, he made a big shot in the Dallas game. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Where are you guys at with, with Kevin Knox right now? Um, I mean, I, I like what I'm seeing on the offensive end. You, he's looking like he's becoming a shooter. He's like a, a knockdown shooter. We'll see if it lasts, but <clears throat> again, it's, it's kind of, you kind of worry that he, if he, if he becomes just like a, a straight up shooter and that's what you got, but I guess you would take that over what we had last year. And plus he's, his defense is lackluster. He's driving a lot a lot better this year than last year. He's finishing layups more often. He still has a lot of misses that make you um, like a little concerned, but he's still really young, and, and I've loved what I've seen so far, the shooting numbers. He's, again, like I said last week, just playing with a lot more confidence. Um, and the defense eye test, for me, it, it's better than it's been. Uh, so hopefully when they – I'm excited to see – when and if they start moving some guys off, what he'll do with more minutes um, and more games uh, down the stretch. But so far, so good on, on his sophomore season uh, for Kevin and Knox. He, he had a couple nice blocks tonight in the Cleveland game. I think they were either in back-to-back possessions or like two out of three possessions. Yeah. And that, that was kind of exciting because I, I was down on his offensive game, but that, again, we me and Tom talked about that a last a lot last episode because he kind of plays like a two guard right now, but he doesn't cut like a two guard. He kind of just, he walks through the offense sometimes like he's a six, nine power forward, which we kind of <laughs> are rooting for, but um, or that, that gets into a, di- a bunch of different team dynamics right now that I, I, I think we just end up going in circles in about, but yeah, he's, he's definitely circled right now. I talked about the, the post, trade deadline team and the pre-trade deadline team and I don't know right now Noxie I I realize a lot of the minutes he accumulated last year was for literally the worst team in the league and um it, but like we might be heading on that path again and coming into tonight he's averaging 23 minutes per game so I just I need to see a little more Noxie like he's supposed to be a part of this yeah I mean it's just tough with however many players the Knicks have you know like you said they're not going to bench Wayne Ellington yet I mean he didn't play against the Mavericks but they're they put him in tonight he's not getting that much burn but if you if you want to trade a guy you have to play them yeah guys gotta the guys gotta get these minutes early um and yeah I don't know like because Knox I'm very excited about what could happen He, he was getting like Paul George comparisons after we drafted him as like as like a, a ceiling, like absolute peak, but I, that'd be really good. And there's a lot of room to still be a really good player and not be as good as Paul George. So uh, ho- hopefully, with more minutes, he enters tonight. Tonight he had a bad shooting night, but he entered tonight shooting 44% from the field and uh, 47% from three. That feels yeah. really incorrect, but yeah, that's the real number. No, his, um, his three-point shooting numbers are crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because that means he's shooting better from three than from two. Right, uh-huh. which which spins into a lot about offense and how systems and Knox's strength and what we're doing. But that's uh, boys, we're gonna have a full season to dissect that. 
This uh this week we're going at Chicago. Damn, if we won tonight, I would have been talking myself into such a winning streak. Um but no, we lost 108-87 to Cleveland. Um so we're going at Chicago, hopefully um the one of the two teams we beat this year. We're facing Dallas at home where ch- that should be a rowdy crowd. Thursday night TNT game, Porzingis and Hardaway back. I, okay, I just got excited for that. That's going to be – the Garden's going to be <laughs> – the Bluebirds are going to be out <laughs> whether they're for KP or the Knicks. <laughs> but yeah. the, another the gar- another one of the two teams we beat this year. Back-to-back. Right? Back. Uh, so There's that, a two-game win streak then. No cap. Um, and then Saturday, Charlotte at home. So, like, I, I don't know. If, if there's a time to try to collect some wins, it's for the Knicks because I think – I think around Thanksgiving, yeah, we start our real gnarly schedule. Philly, San Antonio, Brooklyn, Toronto, Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, Denver, Indiana, Portland, <laughs> Golden State. Um, that was all in a row. Golden State's worse than us. That was all in a row. Yeah, that's a good call, Big Baby David. That that name was just a name at that point. Yeah. But, no, this um, this little segment, we, we got to get, like, two wins in the next four games. Otherwise... Things might get big bad. Um, Imagine if the Knicks won tonight's game and we're looking at at Chicago against Dallas and Charlotte at home. When we're talking and in Cleveland the next week, looking ahead yeah. even more, we're like, we're talking about y'all. We could win like six in a row. We'll be like back to five hundred. That'd be fun. Um, but no, probably for the best that we lost. Uh, honestly, a lot. For maybe it's good. Maybe it's good if they they lost uh, the Cleveland game like this, and maybe it'll be good if they like lose at Chicago, so they're hungry on Thursday when KP <laughs> comes to town, and just, <laughs> and we can just uh, lay a big old mud pie on, okay. on Mavericks and <laughs> see what kind of slice they bring. <laughs> if we if we sweep the Dallas series that year, that this is, that's a huge win. Don't <laughs> we'll care what happens in, the rest of the day. We'll we'll put that in the belt buckle. Um, fellas uh, a pleasure as always um yeah and no i think that that last kind of two minutes we did where we eyeballed the schedule and talked about a fake six game winning streak that's like the black mirror episode that is being a new york knicks fan um so if you're enjoying uh (laughs) that with us uh we appreciate reviews follow us on twitter we're on instagram too uh talking knicks life uh for greggy Greggy Poon, Big Baby David, myself, Jake Story Alley. Sometimes I don't go full name. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys midweek and next week. We'll we'll see what Tommy and Ken are talking about on the midweek episode. And for now, I'd say, hey, let's go Knicks. <laughs>